Please pray with me. Come Holy Spirit, open our ears to hear you, open our eyes to see you, open our lips to praise you, open our hearts to feel the fire of your love. Amen. Well, good morning. I don't know about you, but today's gospel reading makes me very uncomfortable. We've been cruising through Luke's gospel over the past few weeks. We've learned about humility, hospitality, and healing. Then we come to today's reading, and can't you just hear the squealing tires? <laughs> Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and life itself cannot be my disciple. Wait, I must have read that wrong, right? Let's, let's read it again. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Really, Jesus? <laughs> I remember the first time I stumbled upon this particular piece of scripture. I was younger in age and much, much younger in my faith journey. I remember shaking my head and thinking, well, this makes no sense, so I'm going to push it aside for now. I was uncomfortable. I've learned through experience that more often than not, the passages that make us the most uncomfortable are the ones we need to revisit over and over again. I read something once that said, if the gospel stories don't make you uncomfortable, then you're reading them wrong. Think about it. Does Jesus say, come to me all who are weary and I will make you comfortable? No. Did Jesus walk on water in front of his disciples to make them comfortable? No. Did Jesus tell these crowds today that to be his disciples, they must leave all their possessions behind to make them comfortable? No. As I prepared this sermon, I found myself wanting to use words that would be comfortable to say and to give to you. And I began going down the path of uh, kind of making Jesus' instructions for discipleship just a little bit more palatable. Wouldn't it be nice to wrap this story up in a pretty bow and put it as, put as just another unrealistic expectation that we can never live up to? Maybe put it in the category of things I wish Jesus didn't say. Or maybe water it down so it's not so shocking. But as I prayed this past week, I couldn't shake the feeling that Jesus intends for his words to be shocking here. He means exactly what he says, in exactly the way he says it. And it's uncomfortable. To fully appreciate this reading, let's take a step back and consider its context. Jesus has amassed quite a following along his journey. And by following, I mean a throng of thousands of enthusiastic, joyful fans who are amazed by the things they've seen and the things they've heard. What Jesus is doing is utterly astonishing and nothing short of spectacular. I think it's safe to assume that at least a few of Jesus' fans are drawn in by his celebrity status. They are dazzled by the miracles. 
they see and naturally want to be part of the excitement. Jesus is a winner. And don't we all want to stand beside a winner? Maybe without really understanding all that that entails. When Jesus considers the crowd of followers, instead of thinking, wow, look at all the people who are following me, or I better make sure I don't say something that would upset them or cause them to turn away, <laughs> he speaks the words we read today. Hate your family, hate your life, give up all your stuff if you want to be my disciple. He uses radical language to tell us we must always put God first. Jesus doesn't want half-hearted followers who only let him into some parts of their lives. He doesn't want bandwagon fans. He wants people who understand the commitment they are making when they turn to him. That commitment is not cheap, and it is most certainly uncomfortable. Jesus is not interested in growing his group for the sake of growth. He wants quality, not quantity. He is not concerned with critical mass or making sure to get just the right group picture to be impressive when he posts it on social media. He wants us to know that the cost of discipleship is high. So no, Jesus does not want us to hate our families, and he doesn't want us to hate ourselves. He knows that we will fail over and over and over again when it comes to all those possessions that we just refuse to deal with. What he is saying is that our devotion to God must be so absolute so as to appear as hatred by comparison. Our devotion to God must be so absolute so as to appear as hatred by comparison. Jesus compares starting to live a life as one of his disciples to building a tower. You need to make sure that you've got enough money to finish before you start building it. In the same way, we have to think seriously about making a commitment to Jesus before we do. The cost is high. We will be uncomfortable. So in the year 2022, what might it look like to put God first? Where do we begin? I don't have a step-by-step -step plan, but here are a few good questions to consider. What if the best way to put God first is to love your neighbor? What if the best way to put God first is to honor your father and your mother? What if the best way to put God first is to speak the truth of the gospel and not to water it down? What if the best way to put God first is getting outside of our church gates and spreading the good news? What if putting God first means creating a space where all people feel safe instead of building walls to keep them out? What if putting God first means we are not only called to serve his church, but to serve his kingdom? Friends, right now in this time, in this place, we need to step into a kingdom view. 
a balcony view, if you will, a view of the whole forest and not just a few trees, a view of the capital C church, of all creation, of every beloved child of God. Close your eyes and think about that for a minute. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What would it look like to climb up on your own balcony? Maybe it looks like getting out of your comfort zone, serving the poor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, bringing the face of Jesus to someone who has never met him. Following Jesus is a way of life that demands everything of us. It is not cheap. It is not easy and not to be entered into without deep consideration of the consequences and the costs. And when the cost seems too high, when the consequences seem too big, when we fail over and over again, when we realize that we need a Savior, we can give thanks that by God's grace, we are saved. Friends, Jesus wants nothing to stand in the way of following his command to love God and love your neighbor. Not money, not stuff, not politics, not our disagreements, which loom so large when they're right in front of us, but are minuscule in the context of God's greater kingdom. What I want you to remember this morning is this. God loves us more than we can ever imagine. Why then should anyone or anything come between us and our love for him? If that makes us uncomfortable, then maybe that's just what we need. Amen.